This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Sonny Ship. Sonny, how are you doing today? Feeling like a champ, man. Feeling like a champ. Monday first uh, feels like the first day back the kids in school, even though it's been a week. But uh, you know, time flies when you time flies when you're having fun. I guess, huh? Yeah, exactly. And uh, especially when you're covering a winning basketball team, right? Like, oh man, it makes life so much easier. You brought that. Uh, you brought that good juju, man, to Baton exactly. Rouge. Exactly. Everywhere I go, basketball team just win. North Texas over here winning goes to the tournament uh lsu men's and women's now both number 12 in the country in the ap poll that came out today about an hour ago when we're recording this um we focus on the men's uh i'll touch on the women a little bit uh the women's team a little bit uh, later on but let's start with the men because they had obviously a huge week they beat kentucky and beat tennessee both at home and we knew holding home court was gonna be big coming off of that auburn loss on the road and so the win over Kentucky was I mean severe wheeler their point guard goes down earlier early Ty Ty Washington goes down late for them but even outside of that I thought they just played really really well so you had that win and then you go to uh, go against Tennessee the number two defense in the country and I was questioning if either team was going to break like 55 and LSU goes out and puts up 79 in a 79 to 67 win over the volunteers. And just like that, LSU's hardest three game stretch probably of the entire conference season is out of the way and they end up two and one. Uh, what are your overall takeaways? Where do you want to start with, with this team? Well, I didn't know after the Auburn game, I was kind of wondering, okay, did I give LSU a little too much credit for, you know, for being, you know, with their athleticism, with their length? Because I thought that Auburn really gave LSU fits, really gave LSU a lot of trouble from that perspective. But after watching uh, after watching LSU against Kentucky and Tennessee, I feel a lot better about that Auburn game. And right and, and now I'm leaning a lot more towards Auburn. Auburn Arena, which was man, that was that might have been the craziest atmosphere that I've seen at an SEC venue. It was just, it, it was really something. It, it was something you almost hated. To, it was so good, but you hated to be the, yeah. I guess, the whipping stone of it, you know. But um, I thought they, you know, I thought they played a lot, a lot more composed against Kentucky and Tennessee. Granted, they couldn't hit the side of a barn against Auburn. And I think at that point that they were just shell-shocked that, that, A, they were shooting so bad and they couldn't find the basket. But then, B, I think that I think that Auburn might have surprised them a little bit coming out of the gate. But I think that arena probably had a, as big of an effect, and that being their first hostile environment they had to play in this year. Yeah, Auburn's up to number four, I believe, in the AP poll, and it feels about right. I mean, this, this is an Auburn team that if they – win the SEC, they could very easily be a number one seed in the tournament moving forward. So with them, obviously, it's just – I think it's just a really tough matchup for LSU. I mean, Walker Kessler, Jabari Smith, 
their guards are really good. Like the pressure LSU puts on other teams doesn't, didn't bother Auburn that much. And it was at Auburn. So if they play again in Baton Rouge, uh, which I don't think they do on the schedule, I don't remember, but uh, um, yeah, they don't. Damn. But if they did, if they did play at, at LSU, maybe it'd be a different outcome. But we've seen back-to-back home games where LSU has shot from three, nine of 23 against Kentucky and um, against Tennessee. They shot eight of 18. Like both of those are hovering around 40%. And if you would have told me that they're shooting close to 40% in a conference game, I'm like, there's no way they're losing. Right. So it's, that's probably the biggest difference because defensively, while they're playing really, really well still, it's been the offense and it's been the three point shooting specifically that's kind of turned around. And that's something that if they shoot this well, I don't see a lot of teams beating them. Yeah, and you mentioned something else, you know, when you when you when you look at Auburn and you look at at how Auburn really, you know, if if you look at the score and if you look at the game play at the way the game played, you left that saying, man, Auburn's a lot better than uh than I thought they were, but LSU's also not as good as I thought they were. Mm-hmm. Uh but a, th- a big missing piece and I think we've seen it over these last two games is not having Brandon Murray. Not having Brandon Murray you know, we, I think we got spoiled last year by watching Cam Thomas, by watching someone who could who could come off the dribble, who could just pull up and shoot with someone in his face. And you, uh, you know, I guess you kind of taken you. We kind of took that for granted a little bit. And then when you look at it this year, you've got Xavier Pinson, but he's pretty much a, a spot a spot up set a three point shooter. Eric Gaines, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into that since Shay's not here to defend his, uh, his outside shooting ability. He went, he went two, two against Kentucky though. Eric Gaines. Yeah, my 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 son made sure to point that out to me <laughs> when we were at the Tennessee game on Saturday. But uh, you know, Brandon Murray gives them that. Brandon Murray gives that to where you know he's not he's not great at pulling up off the dribble, but he's capable of it. And, and you think that he ha- he actually has a decent chance of making it. But more importantly than that, they can swing the ball around to him, and he catch he can catch it without being without being set and without spotting up. He can catch it, make a move. And then pull up and come off the drip uh, and come off and create a shot. So, you yeah. know, that was badly missing against Auburn. And I think that's an element of the offense that he brings that probably flew under the radar a little bit until that Auburn game really exposed that LSU doesn't really have, you know, anyone outside of him capable of doing that. Yeah. And, they need, and I've said this time and time again, they need Darius Days to go to do what he did against Tennessee. Is how how he played against Tennessee is how he needs to play every game, right? Two of five from three, um, six of ten from the field. Got to the free throw line four times. Ends the game with eight rebounds. He ends up fouling out, but in that game, everybody was in foul trouble, so doesn't matter. But that's the type of Darius Days game you need. You don't need him taking fifteen shots and fourteen of them from three. A nice balance is is really preferable for for me with Darius. I mean, I know a lot of people want to see him post up and I I can see that cuz he is he does have some moves in the post, but I just don't if he's not on the three-point line like to start the possession, the spacing of this team is just so weird. I mean, they don't have a ton of shooters outside of Murray and and Days pretty much. I know Pinson's gotten better like you said, but you know, those are the guys and also Imani Wilkinson. I mean, the way he's Thank shooting you. corner 3 yeah, I mean that's a really big weapon for this team spacing wise. Because going into the year or going into this conference play, and even after Auburn, we're like, this team can't shoot. How are they going to score the ball? Well, everybody's kind of picking up the slack. It hasn't been one guy that's really 
being like, oh, I'm going to make five threes a game. It's been like everybody be like, all right, you're going to a four, you're going to a five, you're going to a six. And so that's that's the biggest development for me. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up about Monty Wilkinson because, you know, granted, he's only taken 23s, but he hit nine. He's hit nine of them. And, you know, I, I don't by any means think that he's a 45% shooter the more that he jacks him up. Yeah. But I do think that he is someone – when you start looking at, okay, you know, how good is LSU? Is LSU the number 12 team in the country? Is LSU the number nine, eight, seven team in the country? Once you start narrowing that gap a lot, you know, I mean, teams are really good. And yeah. then you have to start looking at, you know, start looking for flaws. And I think that, you know, if, if teams, if teams look at Monty Wilkinson as a, as a guy who's going to give you four points a game, five points a game, but well, then that means he's not shooting the ball much. I think that he needs to shoot the ball more. I think he's a guy that needs to put it up more from the more from the uh from the perimeter from uh, beyond the arc and by doing that he's athletic enough and he's good enough dribbling the ball to where it's going to create some drive some nice dribble and drive opportunities for him he can dish him off he's a, he's a he's a pretty good passer so i i think his game is like i, I I really think that his game, I don't want to say is just waiting to explode, but I think it's really to go up several notches. And it's all for me, it's all a matter of him getting comfortable enough to where he takes more shots and and not just relies on being that scrappy guy who's going to give you two, three, four across the board at everything. And not that there's anything wrong with that because teams need that. But I just think that he is too good of a player to not, you know, to not be more offensive minded. Yeah. Another player who's kind of like that in my mind is Alex Fudge. And Fudge has been really good defensively for this team. And he's starting to do a little bit more off the bounce, off the dribble, you know, taking it to the hole, really attacking the offensive glass. I, I love what Alex Fudge has brought to this team uh, just off the bench. I mean, you look at the bench unit. We haven't even talked about Tari Eason yet. Right. And Tari Eason. 10 minutes in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're like against Kentucky, he was fine. He led the team scoring with 13 points. It was like, all right, Tari's doing well doing what Tari does and then against Tennessee he basically decided the game was over in the second half is what it felt like he was like all right give me the ball they ran out him off that little like down screen action to get like him gets he gets the ball on the move and that's where Tari's at his best when he can get the ball with some momentum and he just started taking people to the rim and then in transition he's unstoppable basically I mean what the trio of this Easton Gaines and Fudge bring off the bench. And now you sprinkle in Justice Justice Williams just a little bit, not too much, but you know, four or five minutes a game. I mean, the the way that this bench plays is I, I struggle to find a better bench trio in the country than these three. And I'm glad to I'm glad to see Justice Williams. I don't know if you remember that when uh I believe it was you, I believe it was just uh you, Shay, and I um on the pod. And it was when Shea said that uh, he didn't think that Adam Miller would be a difference maker for this team or, or something to that effect. Yeah. And that's when I'd commented on that I thought that LSU was missing that one player. They were missing that ninth piece. They were missing potentially that tenth piece that Sharif O'Neal could give you. But I really thought that they needed that one extra piece to get in there. And Justice Williams, man, it's crazy that uh, my son and I, we were watching the uh, – it was Auburn, wasn't it, when he made yeah. his debut? Yeah, we were yeah. watching the Auburn game. And my son and my son goes, who is number 11? 
And I started thinking, I was like, number 11. I was like, I have no idea. And he said, he's got long, he's got long dreads. And I was like, yeah. man, I really have no idea, <laughs> you know, but, and because I just expected, I expected just a little baby face, Justin Williams, yeah. you know, a kid who's supposed to be in 17, high school. 18. And then I'll, I'll see the picture. I was like, well, man, I said, I think that's Justin Williams, but he also looks like he's about 30. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's exactly what I said. When I saw LT, I was like, is that Justice Williams? <laughs> I was scrambling, looking like number 11, making sure. I was like, that's Justice Williams. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's funny. That, that then, That's funny. But but just see, you know, seeing him, and, and don't get me wrong, he hasn't come out and he hasn't, I mean, he looks like a, a an athletic, um, an athletic freshman with length, with hustle, and he just gets out there. You can tell that the game, that his mind is still going 100 miles an hour and, and that the game is going really fast for him. But when he gets out on that floor, he plays, he plays with some defensive tenacity. He's not afraid to shoot. And, and he's another guy who can, who's not afraid to dribble and then pull up with the jump shot to where when it comes out of his hands, you know, you're like, oh my goodness, why did he do that? And, yeah. and so, you know, it's going to get better the more comfortable that he gets. But I'm glad that you mentioned him because, you know, I, I really felt that this team was one piece away from being that type that could be a, a two, three, four seed in the tournament. Yeah, no, he definitely, he's a big ninth man for them and that's kind of why will wade said he wanted to play him is because with all the you know whether it's COVID or injuries that happen they need him to be ready they need him to be ready to play if there's a random game where they don't have x player like um they need might need him to go out and play 20 minutes and he has to be ready at that point and they don't have the depth outside of they did not have the depth outside of those eight to play and i think we saw that when brandon murray went down it was like uh, who are they going to turn to? You have to start Eric Gaines, but when you do that, then you have no guards off the bench, um, really, because you have Fudge and Eason. Both those guys are pretty much wings slash forwards. So Justice Williams, it's his time, his time to go. And he looked, I mean, he hit a couple shots against Auburn, and that's really all I needed to see this today. All right, he can play. And you could just tell when he has the ball, he's, it's, the game is still fast for him, but he looks like he's not, out of control he does, it looks like he's not a deer he's, in a he's got confidence to him exactly, exactly he's got he's got he's got a level of confidence to him. and you mentioned that 20 minutes a game that's exactly i, I think he gave him uh, i think he either gave him right over 20 minutes or just under 20 minutes at auburn for yep. that first time to be on the floor and i think once will wade saw that that will wade says okay this guy comes this kid's supposed to still be in high school he comes out here gives me 20 minutes in this hostile environment on the road like this i can count on him and that's why you didn't see you didn't see any any hesitation in putting him in early against Kentucky and then also against Tennessee. Yep. Uh, he played five minutes against Kentucky and nine minutes against Tennessee. Uh, let's talk real quick about Eric Gaines because Eric Gaines played his best game of his college career, at least at against Kentucky. And I gave it an A plus when I graded all the players. Uh, he ends up going three to six from the field, two or two from three, uh, four steals as always, um, three assists, three turnovers as always but the way he's just he's just everywhere on the court i he i don't have a great explanation for what makes him so great but he's literally just everywhere on the court at all times and that just seems crazy to me and uh, just talking about Justice Williams and how it doesn't seem like that 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 you know you can see that his mind's racing him 100 miles an hour but it doesn't look like it's too too fast for him eric gaines 
he looks smooth out there. He's fast, so fast in what he does. And it, he's so fast that it looks like he's in control, but he's not. Yeah. It's, it's hard to it's it's hard to pinpoint it, but you have to love the energy. You got to love the energy it brings. I mean, I know it frustrates the hell out of everybody else as it does me when you know you can't you can't get an inbounds pass in, yeah. or you're zero for ten or zero for twelve, and you you continue to jack up threes. But you know. Out of out of everyone on that roster, and granted, I don't think there's anyone that you could really look at and say, okay, he may be dogging it a little bit on either end of the floor. Eric Gaines, I think, is that one guy that every given night, every night you take the floor, you can count on that same energy that just that, you know, that energy yeah. that he brings to the floor, you can count on him bringing it. Is there anything that, I mean, the the last thing before we, we kind of move on here, I, I mentioned Tarice and being amazing but he he's playing himself into like top three top four top five player in the entire conference at this point like one of the better players in the sec and that's if he continues at this rate where he's putting up like he's not going to put up 24 a game obviously but if he's putting up 16 17 a game in the sec and this is like i said this has been the tough tough stretch right auburn's a great defense kentucky's a great team um tennessee is a great defense and he's putting up numbers against them. What is it? What's going to happen when he plays Missouri? Like, he might just go for thirty at this point if if he gets enough minutes. Well, I think probably one of the most dreaded words with college basketball is one and done. And, and I know that he's not a freshman, but I think that the way he's playing right now, that he's playing himself into one of those players that's one and done in Baton Rouge. Yeah. You know, with 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 what he brings to the floor, with with the game that he has translating to the next level, and then being so young, and you know, still having so much untapped potential, just gives him such a high ceiling. That um, you know, I, I think he's been, I think he's been phenomenal. And you know what, what Tari Eason is is giving. You know, when you when you go back and when you think about the summer, and you've got Adam Miller on, on the uh, the uh, the what was it, the eighteen U, yeah, Olympic uh, team. Yeah, you know, when you heard about him, and, you know, making making that team. That obviously to make that team, you got to be able to ball. You know, I, what Tari Eason's doing. Granted, not the rebounds and stuff, but with the scoring and the you know, and, and just having the impact that he's having. I kind of thought that Adam Miller would have that type of impact. You know, um, but. I, Tori Eason has really eased the loss of Adam Miller a lot. Obviously, granted, you know, two different types of players completely. But when you just look at it from an impact standpoint, I didn't expect him to come in and give you 16, 16 points and eight boards a game. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't expect to see him give you the the dynamic dunks that he's given you on top of people. I thought he was going to be good, but I kind of thought, you know, you've got a guy coming in from Cincinnati. I think he averaged just over eight points and just over five boards a game last year, which is good for a freshman. But, you know, I, I didn't expect him to come in and double those numbers like basically he's doing right now. And so uh, just – Man, what a what a find by Will Wade. The general continues to to just bring this talent in. Yeah, to find him because when when they signed when they got him, I went and looked at his tape, obviously, and I was like, all right, this guy could play defense. Like that's that's all he was to me was a defensive player that could like had some athleticism, and like you said, finding him and then putting him in position and developing him to the player that he is now. I mean, a lot of that credit goes to him, but a lot of that credit also goes to Will Wade and his coaching staff. But that's 
that that's what I'm gonna be watching is how high can Tari Eason climb, not only in like SEC player of the year races, but also draft boards. Like yeah. he's borderline first round right now, if not top twenty-five to thirty range in a lot of, in some mock drafts that I've seen, and that feels about right. To, to he's such point. a mismatch against against really most of the people that he goes that he's going against so far. He's such a mismatch when he gets the ball at the top of the key, and you know, and a, a six eight or a six nine, two hundred fifty pounder, two hundred sixty pounder is asked to defend him. I mean, that's just that's stealing. Yep. You know, I mean, he's just, he's just going to take that to the hole, and and it's it's created such an element to the offense that that you know you don't really have with uh you know you never really had that with Darius Days you never really you, you don't really have it with Afton you've never really had that with someone who you would consider a post player like uh even like Trendon Watford he's he's different than Watford in a lot yeah of yeah yeah Trendon Watford Trendon Watford did give you that last year but last year was really the first time that Trendon Watford had given you that you know, yeah. and I think that really that that really expanded his repertoire because prior to that, he was pretty much a guy that, you know, you get the ball under the goal. But I think last year, going into last year, he had that point forward in his head and, you know, wanted to, you know, see if he could be a Ben Simmons type and and things of that nature. But uh yeah, man, Tari Easton's been fun to watch. So uh what's what's up with the – we got some questions from the board? Yeah, we got some questions questions Uh-oh. from the board. I know. And I pulled five of them. There's like 15, 20 in there. I pulled five of them. Um, real quick, uh, before we – well, we have some questions on it anyways. Uh, Pinson status, Xavier Pinson goes down late in the Tennessee game. Uh, we heard right after the game, Will Wade say they, they scanned it and everything, and it was best-case scenario pretty much before they went and did more extensive scans and everything. Uh, but it looks like he probably won't play for against Florida on the road, but – is maybe a game time decision to maybe even probable against uh, Arkansas next week on Saturday. So that is great because when he went down, I mean, you were there, uh, Shay was there, I was there. When he went down, it was kind of like everyone just like, oh no, yeah, oh no, yeah, like, please, just not now, not this, like not as they're beating Tennessee and they're playing well. So best case scenario, uh, he'll be back. It looked like a, I think they said bruised knee slash sprained maybe a light sprain MCL. I think that's what I saw. So hopefully um, it's not bad. Hopefully he's good by Arkansas, even though Arkansas is playing awful. So I don't even know if they'll need him to beat Arkansas, yeah. but still funny story here from my experience in the, in the, uh, the deaf dome or like someone had, had called it the dark dome, man, i tell you what it was. It was dark the higher that you get up into PMAC, <laughs> but funny story here, you know, um, Xavier Pinson goes down, the guy behind me, he was obviously, uh, you know, sitting right behind me. He was obviously on a date with this young lady. And so Xavier Pinson goes down and the guy goes, oh, man, I, I bet that's ACL. That's the ACL right there. And so the girl goes, oh, man, well, you know, maybe it's the MCL. And the guy goes, oh, no, I'm talking about the knee. It has to be ACL. There's no MCL in the knee. I just put my head, I just put my head over my hand over my head like this. I looked over at my wife and I was like, well, I can tell this date's not going to last very it's over. Long. It's over. He's, he's trying to, he's trying to get oh, her a man, I, was, I was like, oh, dude, she knows more than you do. <laughs> oh, 
Oh no. Yeah, man. She's gotta she's gotta move on. She can do better uh, at this yeah. point. Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. But, but yeah, that's everybody good. that's that's good for Xavier. And when he when he came when he came, I don't want to say jogging out, but you know, leisurely walking back out to the bench with yeah. a couple of minutes. I think it was about a minute and a half or so left to play. I think that kind of gave you an idea right there that okay, you know, this injury's not gonna, you know, it's not season ending, it's yeah. not an ACL, it's not Adam Miller 2.0. And so I think that gave everyone a lot of you know, uh, a lot more comfort than they had about five minutes prior to that point. Yeah. And credit to the, the crowd throughout the game. Not, not obviously not just that when Xavier came back, but man, that crowd was great. Great atmosphere, man. Excellent. Great atmosphere, great environment. Um, you know, I, I think that they, I, I think that they really have to do some upgrades to that arena to, to make it a lot more basketball friendly. They've got to include the lighting, but as far as the fan support, I hadn't seen a, uh, I hadn't seen a, a packed house like that in a while, but then also just to, to see the enthusiasm, you know, and not like it was super loud or super ruckus or super crazy or anything, but just the crowd that was there, you could just see they were into it. They were enjoying it. And it was, it, it was a good atmosphere given what they have to work with. Yeah. And when, when they had to get loud, the crowd got loud. They knew yeah. when to get loud. They knew when to, to cheer. So, okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's get on to questions here. Uh, First one is from Macwood, and there were a couple people that uh, sent this as well. But Sharif O'Neal update, please. He's been in uniform the past three games. And we don't have to go into too much depth about this because I don't have a solidified answer or a recent answer. Uh, last I had heard, he'd been practicing. He'd been, you know, kind of moving up the levels. You know, there's like one-on-one, three-on-three, five-on-fives where you can like continue to move up. Um, so he's continuing to move up the ladder. He is dunking in warm-ups. He looks fine in warm-ups. So... You know, this might be a Justice Williams situation where as soon as he's cleared, you might just see him on a random like Saturday against Arkansas where he just goes out there and plays five minutes. Like, uh, who knows? But I I think he's close. If I had to guess, and this is just a guess, I'd guess two weeks, two, two, three weeks. But at this moment, it's – well, we'll get into Efton Reed in a second. But, like, the front court, I feel really good about their rotation right now with those three. So I don't know if you need to put them in unless if it's foul trouble right now. With yeah, the- I think foul trouble. I think foul trouble would be the thing. And you know, the thing I wonder with Sharif too right now is that how much of it is how much of it is in his head. Maybe, you know, yeah. because that's a that's a pretty big mental hurdle that you have to clear oh. because in the you know, in the back of his head, I'm sure he's thinking like, man, you know, one more injury and my dreams are done. Yeah, you know so. that this is so. I wonder how much of that's playing into that. But I, I'm with you. I, I think we see him. I, I think we see him probably once you start getting into that, that uh, that fourth or fifth week of SEC play. Yeah. All right. Next question from Spec Chaser. Uh, I'm going to turn this into like a bigger conversation, but he asked: Efton Reed looks like a second year player. Is he expected back? And I I've said yes since early in the season. I just the way he's a back to the back post player which in the nba we've seen it's kind of it's a lot more difficult to to make it in that way um i saw charles bassey at western kentucky 
in Conference USA for a long time, and he finally got drafted in the second, late second round this past year. So, um, or maybe it was middle second round, but regardless, it's just tough. And I feel like he would have had to have had a much bigger impact on this team from him, me to think he's a one and done, even though he is a five star. And I think he warrants a five star. I think he's playing like at an elite level for a freshman, but his skill set is just not something that translates to the NBA. He's still a baby. You know, yeah. he he he's still a baby physically. And like you said, he he doesn't have the he doesn't have the skill set to where he can, you know, he can take he can take people, you know, six nine, six ten off the dribble in the NBA. He's a he's a you know, back up to the basket type of guy. And I think that next year, once he once he grows into his body and he fills out and he gets as he gets stronger, he builds more confidence, and he starts to get comfortable. Then you're going to see Efton Reed really be a. Uh, I think he'll be a force in the NBA. I mean, uh, in the SEC. I don't think. Um, I don't think that he's. Uh, or, or well, I guess let me rephrase it. I don't think that his skill set says one and done. Mm-hmm. But with kids these days and age, I mean, you know, you, you you never know. But I I would I would be surprised unless he just saw a major uptick in production in his play. I'd be surprised if he was a one and done. Yeah, and just to go to his play through conference play to this point, he hasn't been. I mean, he's been in foul trouble the last two games, and against Auburn, he was going against Walker Kessler, who he was never going to score against. So we haven't seen much like positive from him to this point and i think he's better than what he's shown but against really good teams which they've played so far you you wonder like how effective can he be on either end and you have a role player right now yeah no exactly he's a role player tari easton off the bench who can come in and be a star and so will wade's like all right well efton's starting out there and we want to get him touches we want to try to get some easy points but at the end of the day, you have Tari Easton who you can just slide in there. So right. um, I, I agree though. Next year, I'm next year my expectations of Efton Reed will be very, very high. Mm-hmm. Whether and we'll see how he does. What Tari Easton's doing this year from 16 and 8 is what I could see Efton Reed possibly getting up to next year. Yes, exactly. All right. This question, I'm gonna rephrase it because we have it from like two, three different people. Uh Tiger Law and Cajun Tiger have both sent in a similar type question, but Basically, it's about offensive improvement and what's improved to the point to where LSU is going 79 points on Tennessee after even in non-conference play, if we remember, they had a lot of stretches where they couldn't score. Um, is there anything that stuck out to you as far as something going uh, very different through conference play or through the last two games to be specific? Well, I think against I think against Tennessee, the reason that they were able to build that, um, did it ever? I think it did get to 20, didn't it? It was at nineteen. Yeah, I, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it flirted with twenty. I didn't yeah. know if it ever got to that point. But I think the big reason why it got to that point against Tennessee is they were hitting threes. You know, they were efficient from beyond the arc. Um, eight of eighteen, like you said. I, I want to say, I want to say they were six of ten in the first half, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. And, and so, you know, two of eight over the, you know, over the last half. But I mean, if you're hitting six of ten, and, and there really wasn't a point. I mean, maybe after probably after a couple of minutes of that one, I don't think there was ever really a point to where you felt like Tennessee was, you know, Tennessee was, you know, had had a good handle on the game. I think it was always a point to where, man, LSU could, you know, Tennessee's going to need a timeout here. You know, even before that, right around that first official timeout at around the 16 minute mark, you kind of started getting the feeling like because I remember there was a point right after that. 
to where I said, okay, Rick Barnes needs to get a TO right here. And I think that's what pushed it up to seven, maybe nine, 11. And then they ended up getting, ended up getting a timeout right there. But for me, it starts with the three point shoot and Matt, Matty B. I agree. I, I definitely agree. I, I talked about how Darius days, I liked his shot selection against Tennessee. Um, I thought Pinson has been, while he's turned the ball over a good amount, and I think he's kind of struggled with the size that he's faced early on. I still like some stretches where he looks in control. He's shooting the ball well. And then it's kind of just what I talked about with three-point shooting. It's kind of been like that for all the entire offense. It's like everybody's just doing a little bit more. And it sounds cliche, I guess, but it's really that way. It's not just Harry Easton taking over every single game against Kentucky. He had 13, but everybody else was chipping in their own. So if they're able to play in transition, obviously a lot of their offense comes from their defense. So that will continue to be the case. And if they can do that, then in the half court, it's not going to look pretty, but they get the job done more times than not because of what they can do off the dribble. So, um, yeah, I'm happy with this offense. They've jumped up a little bit in like the ratings and rankings and stuff. So we'll see how, how they continue to fare. Next from LSU Tiger 76. Um, what does Wade need to what did what does Wade need to do to make this team better? So improvements. Basic, what are, what's your wish list right now for improvements? Oh man, no, I'm pretty happy, a... honestly. I I'm like if they if they just keep doing this, this is like a this is a hell of a team in the SEC. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think if for me, I think, and I've got a couple of things going through my head, but I think what I think what I'll settle on to where if there's one thing that I think that real that that could really make this team better when I'm with you, I already think it's pretty damn good. But I think it's convincing Wani Wilkinson to shoot the ball more. You know, and, and it may even be a case to where he may shoot the ball more and he may go out and make, you know, two of his next 20 <laughs> three pointers. But but I, but I but I think convincing him that, you know, you're a, you're a little better offensive player than you give yourself credit for. Go out there. You know, don't worry about it. Get out there and go do some things, you know, go do some things, shoot the ball a little bit more. And if it's even if it's not him, but it, it's someone else stepping up to where Brandon Murray's not playing or Brandon Murray's having a having a night. If Xavier Pinson gets in foul trouble, if you know, um, if uh, Eric Gaines is is in foul trouble or or whatever it is, just Wani Wilkinson being more involved in the offense, I think is probably the 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 one thing that I could put my finger on and say I'd like to see more of this. Yeah, what say you? For me, it's going to be the turnovers, and I know yeah. Wade is going to probably has a sign up in the in the and not in the PMAC, but where, where they practice being like, stop turning the damn ball over. But that's what I'm gonna go to because they still had let me see 15 turnovers against Kentucky and 16 against Tennessee, and that's gonna happen. Like, I've tried to express to people on the board and on social media and everything, they're gonna turn the ball over. And they're going to miss shots because of how kind of fast they play and how they're trying to play the game. So you have to kind of live with it to a degree. But there are still those turnovers um, that make make you tear your hair out. So um, like on the inbounds pass when they throw it away or um, still those Eric Gaines ones where he's doing too much or Darius Days where he throws the ball away. So 
they can always clean those up. That'll always be a talking point for me moving forward is the turnovers because that's kind of what feels like it feels like it's the, that's the only thing that kept like Tennessee and Kentucky even in the game. Really, it's like if LSU stops beating themselves on offense, these teams can't score on them. Like their defense is the best in the country. Kentucky and Tennessee, while they're good, they struggle to score on LSU in the half court. And so if you just stop giving up those fast break points and those those easy buckets and those opportunities, this team is going to be damn good. So And they got to hit their free throws too. Yes. Miss way too many free throws yes. against Tennessee. Yes. Yes. That is also true with the women. Actually, the women shot free throws really well last night. So, But still, that's a LSU – problem right now all right last from son of gris prediction on how far this team goes in the tournament he says make it interesting and i don't know how to make it interesting because I know. I'm, not, I'm not going final four yet yeah <laughs> no the the thing is the defense is going to and we've seen great defenses make runs in the tournament but at, they're gonna have to score the ball well yeah like when the tournament comes you can't have games like a random game where they go two of 16 from three you're they're gonna lose first round obviously i think they'll be huge favorites second round let's say they're a three seed or a four seed three or let's say they're a three or four seed at that point you're playing a five or six seed in the second round and that's going to be a, a quality let me see i have the ap poll right now and that's going to be a team like like tennessee will be a, like a five seed let's say alabama you know illinois seton hall texas tech somewhere like that yeah and that's the second round and then you go to the third round and you're playing you know, a two or a one or a two or a one seed most likely. So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I'll, I'll say Sweet Sixteen still at this moment. Yeah, and, and I'm with you. It's hard to say. Oh, this is a Final Four team, Elite Eight. You know, Sweet Sixteen, what have you? I do. Uh, you know, one thing to add, one caveat is that uh, Dick V over on Saturday said that uh, he had LSU as his seventh best team uh that played on saturday and so you know i think that kind of gives you an idea that okay you're you right now you're dealing with a team capable of making a sweet 16 capable of making the elite eight but look if you're capable of making either of those you're capable of making the final four too you know but uh yeah i'm in the same but i do think that you know if you go back and if you look at the sweet 16 team that LSU had um, back when, uh, oh man, I'm trying to think about it. Yeah, Tremont Waters, um, Nas Reed, Nas and those Reed. guys. I do think that this is a deeper team and that this is probably a better team than that one. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's just so tough, man, to say, oh, if, you know, how good you I do, but I do think that, you know, when you start looking at it, okay, which teams do you expect to be playing on that second weekend of, Mar- of of the tournament? I think LSU right now is one of those easily. Yep, exactly. I'll we we can end on that, and uh, I'm interested to see how high LSU can climb. Like I said before, the upcoming schedule, Florida. I think Florida's a good team. That's going to be a tough game on the road. Like Florida's a solid team. I've watched and not an whole- easy environment either. No, not an That's easy. That's another good basketball environment in the yeah. uh, league. Yep, I watched them play Alabama, um, and then you have Arkansas at home. Arkansas has been falling off a cliff, so we'll see. They probably beat Arkansas. Then you go at Alabama, at A&M, or I'm sorry, at Alabama and at Tennessee as those next two games. So those are the next four games, Florida, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, and uh, that's kind of the, the seven-game stretch, the, re- the end of the seven-game stretch that I wrote about earlier this season, so – We'll see how they do. It'll be interesting to see on the road if they can get it going. Because still, to this point in the season, they
they've only played one true road game. And that was and not a good experience. <laughs> and it was not fun for anybody. <laughs> no, it was so, not. <laughs> so we'll see how they do moving forward. Um, but we thank you all for listening. Uh, you can check out all of our content at go247.com. If you want to uh, leave a question for a future podcast, we're going to do football podcasts, more basketball podcasts uh, every single week. So you can check that out on our board. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, follow Sonny on, at SonnyShip247 and me at Matthew Bruni underscore and Go247 is at Go247. So uh, we thank you all for joining us and we'll talk to you all later. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. 